In today's episode of The Future of the Church is the Metaverse, we're going to talk to Pastor Coco. She's the pastor of Final Fantasy XIV Online, part of our MMO Church ministry. She's a white mage, and we're going to talk to her very soon. We'll be right back. Kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Do I work hard or live at my pace? You're only young once. Yeah, that's all great. But I also want a future where I'm okay. Welcome back. What's up, everybody? What's good? Hope you're doing well in your part of the world. Want to welcome you to the VR MMO Church podcast. It's called The Future of the Church is the Metaverse. And over season one, you'll learn why we believe that, why that's a conviction. And today's episode is about MMO Church. So you've heard of virtual reality church. You might not have heard of our MMO Church. What is that? We'll talk about that in a little bit. And But first of all, I want to welcome our co-host as well as our guest. We have all the way from Spain, Coldest, all the way from the UK, Alice, and my neighbor here in Texas, Pastor Coco, is our guest. But let's just take a quick moment to say hello. What's up, Coldest? How you doing, my friend? How's things going in the, in the world of Spain? I don't know why I said it that way, but <laughs> what's up over on your part of the world? You know, nothing much, to be honest, but uh, I'm really happy to be able to be here today with you guys. Awesome. Yeah, it's good to see you, man. Um, and Alice, what's up in the UK? What's good? Um, the moon is up and it's nighttime. <laughs> but Whoa. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're six hours ahead of us, aren't you? Or maybe seven here in central time. I think I'm six hours ahead of you at the moment. Oh, yeah? Okay. Because yeah. uh, of daylight, right? Savings are... Well, welcome from the UK. And uh, my quote-unquote neighbor here in Texas, although Texas is big. What's up, Pastor Coco? What's good? Good. Just uh, glad to be hanging out with y'all today. Yeah, looking forward to getting to your story, MMO Church, Final Fantasy fourteen Online, all things MMO. And before we get into all of that, just a quick word from our sponsors. If you find your faith community's online presence too confusing and time-consuming to manage alone, look no further than Digi Evangelism. Digi helps progressive leaders of spiritual communities share hope, healing, and light online through digital ministry consulting, website building, and education. They also have a new digital ministry training hub where you can access exclusive workshops, screen share walkthroughs of various online platforms, their entire digital communications review course, and space to ask experts questions for future videos. Visit digivangelism.org for a $7 all-access trial of the training hub and see how Digi can help you better share hope, healing, and light online. And from our friends at churchblock.io, the pandemic has catapulted the church into forward-thinking ministry. Ten years ago, churches were pondering whether they should have a YouTube page. Now, almost every church on the planet is live-streaming via YouTube. The church is once again at the precipice of a new technological wave called blockchain. Blockchain is the underlying technology for Bitcoin, Ethereum, and all other forms of digital currency. Millennials and Gen Z are adopting blockchain tech for everyday life, from investing, buying real estate, and even receiving payments for services. According to the report by the Morning Consult, 57% of all crypto adopters are millennials and 13% are Gen Z. In light of these questions, churchblock.io was created to provide answers. Churchblock is a customized solution for ministry leaders seeking answers and opportunities in this paradigm shift. Email info at churchblock.io for a free consultation or visit us at churchblock.io to learn more. All right, welcome back. Thanks so much to our Diamond sponsors for sponsoring Season 1 of the future of the church is the metaverse. And by the way, none of this podcast or our newsletter is going to be behind a paywall. 
Uh, that's not the vision for this, but there is a way for you to subscribe to support our work. So consider being a subscriber to support the podcast as well as the newsletter. Uh, but today's guest is Pastor Coco, and we're going to be talking about MMO Church. So if you can picture uh, virtual reality church was starting in 2016, I think about 2018, 2019, I'm going to go look here in a second. We started a new ministry called MMO Church. So our name that we go by is VR MMO Church. We have churches in virtual reality, like Altspace, VR Chat, Rec Room. You've probably heard of that before, but you might not have heard of our MMO Church. Uh, MMO stands for Massively Multiplayer Online. And so these are things that are not necessarily virtual reality-based, um, and we're going to be talking a little bit about that. Uh, but before we get into that, Pastor Coco, welcome. Um, it's so excited to have you here uh, to talk about MMO Church, to talk about Final Fantasy XIV online and all things MMO. But I really like to maybe give the listeners just a little bit of a history, uh, where you come from, uh, maybe a little bit of your story, getting into ministry, becoming a pastor. And yes, so it's just an open-ended question. Who is Pastor Coco? Well, I am from small town Texas, if you didn't notice by the y'all earlier. Um, I grew up like I'm a kid from the 80s. So I grew up in a very like small town legalistic church culture that uh, took a long time to get out of becoming as far as like becoming a pastor. I never ever imagined that as something that I would do or like that was even possible for me um, because female <laughs> in the church and uh, that legalistic country, uh, like growing up culture that women were not to, the women were to be silent. We weren't to speak. We could teach kids, but that's about it. Um, mm -hmm. We couldn't be a pastor or anything. So never imagine that. Uh, that was not a, little, a her little heresy there. Women pastor. That's uh, a yeah. heretical. No, not, that's, I'm just totally joking. That's not how we, we view the scriptures when it comes to women in ministry at all. But um, so if you don't mind, let's kind of, you know, we don't have to spend a whole lot of time, but you, you mentioned a legalistic upbringing. What was that religious environment like? So you're saying women weren't allowed maybe only allowed to do children's ministry or something like that. And what did it go beyond that? Or was it, was it more than that? Or was it limited to maybe how you served? What was um, that culture like for you in that environment and being a woman in that environment? Well, there were a lot of things It went beyond just being able to teach or anything. Um, it was more about even the types of, Things you could do, like couldn't lead worship. I was I was a very strong singer uh, at one point, but wasn't allowed to lead worship because uh, I was a female. Um, could sing, but just not lead. Uh, and that, like, women couldn't play certain types of instruments. It's like drums are for boys. Women can't play drums. Guitars, you're pushing it. You're pushing it. On a guitar, you can play an organ or a piano, but not a <laughs> organ <and> piano, right? <laughs> not a guitar. Yeah, um, gotcha. uh, but um, then, like even beyond that, is like types of jobs, it's like mechanic. I wanted to help my dad work on cars, but nope, that's a, not a woman's job. Wow! Um, so this is a little bit. Um... It was a chauvinistic. It was more than just 
women's place in the church. It was truly a chauvinistic male dominant society that I grew up in. Wow. Cause, yeah. I was about to say, yeah. cause you know, I see some uh, churches that would say women can't be pastors, but then what you're describing kind of much more <laughs> was infused in like everything. Like, yeah. wow. A lot of dictating what you could and couldn't do in so many areas, not just yeah. teaching in the church. Wow. And so, mm-hmm. Um, why didn't that? Because you're you're so involved in ministry, you lead um, the spiritual community in Final Final Fantasy fourteen online. You're cultivating loving spiritual communities. Why wouldn't after that experience you um, just say I'm done with Christianity? You know, you have the whole deconstruction movement that's happening right now, and I think that can be a real a really good thing, by the way. Um, but why not go down that route? You were just so turned off by experience. What was is what was it for you that said? No, I still think there's something of value here, despite my negative, let's just call it suppressive experience. Um, well, it took a very, very long time for me to get past that suppressive experience. I'm in my late 40s now, and um, only in the last few years have I been able to even resolve some of that. So it's been a lifetime of, um, and that is studying, looking at other church leaders, looking at healthier churches. It took me a while to learn what a healthy church looked like. Um, and like studying the scripture for myself instead of taking other people's word for it, looking into the context, digging into the scripture, clicking on the hyperlinks in the text to see where it's all going and actually digging in. And, um, also like, um, just, yeah, looking to looking at other leaders out there looking at what they're doing, watching, watching, studying and reading for myself. And yeah, that's, that's a really powerful, um, particularly that quality of thinking for yourself, coming to your own conclusions. Um, and I did, I did though want to leave, but God wouldn't let me go. Ah, Leave, leave the, you wanted to leave what again? Like step away. (laughs) <laughs> uh, oh, like in like the whole Christianity thing. You wanted yeah. to, like you were done with he, it. He wouldn't let me go. He wouldn't let you go. <laughs> that's so, that's beautiful. And I think that's a good example for maybe people that are, have come from maybe from that type of environment and that are just done with it, that there still is hope. There still is um, a spiritual life to be lived outside of that legalistic environment. And I know that, um, when I look at our women leaders, our women pastors at VRMMO Church, and by the way, I know that this isn't a trying to convince listeners or churches. We're just kind of gotten to this topic, and let's just let's just go here for for a minute. Um, I just see how such a powerful work that our that our women have done in as being pastors, and even we, we can even call you guys lead pastors. Um, you've done a, such a powerful work, and um, you guys have done an amazing job as pastors. Think of Pastor Alina, Pastor Coco. Um, Alice, I think that you've done an amazing work as well. Um, and so, yeah, I just, um, there's a lot that could be said about that. But so you came out of this legalistic environment. Um, you didn't give up Christianity completely. It's been a long journey. You said even recently, you've kind mm-hmm. of resolved some, some things as well. Um, okay. And then you started getting into ministry. You started getting involved, let's say, in IRL, 
Um, how did you get involved? Let's say IRL. We can start there. Um, and then also, as it led into Virtual Reality Church, which led to MMO Church, what was that journey like? Um, maybe start at the IRL side, and then how you started to discover VR, and then MMO Church, and then I can ask some uh, questions there in a bit, but give us a little bit of that ministry journey, if you don't mind. Yeah, that I have to think about that. Um because again, it was a long journey that was like slow over time. And so you don't always notice things that are happening until like you look back and see, oh, I guess I changed. Um, That's true. Yep. So, um, and some of this influence wasn't even from church community because even now it's a thing. It's a, even now it's an issue among a lot of churches is that women, okay. Okay, and then they start compromising. Okay, they can be a pastor, but they can't be the lead pastor. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they could be. They can yeah, right. be a pastor, but they can't be an elder. So we get right, it. Right, eh. right. Um, they still have to have a man over them. Um, exactly. Yeah. So even now, we still have that, and um, still like just just read the scripture in context, please. Um, but some of it also came from work, like outside of church, like. Um, there, I used to work at a company. It had some good things, had some bad things, fortune two company. I grew a ton there and that was not even like with Christian. It was some of the, some of the workers had, I found out later, <laughs> it's like, I was actually pretty closely connected to one of my supervisors and I didn't even know, um, like in, a, in our local church, area. <laughs> um, cause his, his church, uh, helped plant mine. <laughs> Oh, wow. I was like, oh, I never knew until after I left. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. But, um, yeah, so, but he, that supervisor and some others had some really strong influence on me as an individual, like empowering, like that mm-hmm. culture was very empowering to women at that company, mm-hmm. whereas a lot of other companies aren't, but that one was very empowering to women. Um, I had women managers, I had women, um, high, high leadership uh, in there. Um, whereas that, and a lot of companies that pay attention to that, you don't see that. Um, but they, that was one of the good things about that company is they were like very, they found it very important to empower the women. So that helped a lot in that area and helped with my communication skills and all that, because I was very afraid to speak up for myself. And so I had to learn how to do that and how to, to get comfortable sharing my thoughts and opinions with people, which I was never comfortable doing well or effectively until I worked there. So it's like even outside of, and I didn't even want that job. It's like, I actually didn't want that job. <laughs> well, you're like, I don't want this, but God drugged me there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Development. I, Kicking I and that. screaming. Um, but I got there, but then that, that developed me as an individual more than I could, uh, Mm. credit. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, he puts us where he wants us. We just have to. And I wish, you know, uh, and Um, I know, you know, maybe someone listening might be like, wait, how come they're not talking about MMO church? Well, origin stories are important. (laughs) This This really is, this is, yeah, no, it leads up to it. It's really, it's really important. It's really valuable. And I wish that the empowering influence in your life was the church. I wish What's that coming from there? was coming from the church, but it wasn't, it was what was getting in the way. Um, so yeah. there's, there's a bit of a lesson to be learned from there. When was the first time you heard about virtual reality church? Um, and what did you think about it? 
So professionally, I design for VR. I'm a UX designer with over 24 years of experience designing for like all kinds of different platforms, desktop, mobile, multimedia CDs, for those that remember those, uh, kiosks, uh, all kinds of stuff. And so I got into VR in, um, uh, I don't know, 2016, 2017. And so once, one time along the way, I think it was, during the COVID lockdowns, I was wondering, it's like, I wonder if there's a VR church. And so I Googled VR church. <laughs> <laughs> Way back then. And, oh, yeah. there is something called VR church. <laughs> and did you think, oh, this is this weird? Because we, we get a lot of visitors, I think, we're just like role playing or just being silly. Uh, what was your like knee jerk? Do you, do you remember the first like uh, well, wondering thoughts it was- behind it? Wondering how legit it was because I'm I've always been a future tech oriented person. I um, have always it's like we were um, for a background. I've always been pushing future tech anywhere I've ever worked. I've been pushing future tech, and um, so even at church, it's like I was back then. I was at a different um, different church. Um, the pastor was also forward thinking, and he had me looking at Second Life. And in back in the early 2000s. And um, so I've always been like forward thinking about how the church can minister to people and reach people. So I, I wasn't I didn't have any issues with that. No, no problems there. That was just logical to me. Um, and I was actually wondering why it wasn't logical to anyone else um, because it's so logical. But um, so no problems there. I was just wondering, is it legit? What? what are their like core beliefs? Are they Christ centered and so forth? So that's what I was looking into. So I watched some YouTube videos and I, um, I incognito attended some of your services and secret shopper and stuff. And then finally during COVID, I contacted you for some reason. I don't remember. It's like, Hey, I I know VR design. I know UX. Is there anything I can do to help? Uh, I think that's how I started (laughs) Yeah, I think we went up at our HQ at the time. We were in Verbella, and yeah. uh, we chatted a bit. Um, I think it was the first time we connected. Um, so for you, just taking a quick step back, for you, there was no issue about a church existing in the metaverse. Um, no, because I was the one looking for it. I was like, I wonder if there is one. Yeah. Like, and do you well, think yeah, that's yeah. just because <laughs> of your like your technological like? Um, I think uh, so. Upbringing, or I mean, or at least your interests, and yeah, that was digital relationships, virtual relationships. That, I think that's interesting um, because even now in at the publishing of this podcast at this time in 2022, uh, church leaders are still struggling with things like digital community or an online church service or a Facebook group. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's interesting. So you came and visited. Um, you saw, hey, these guys aren't too crazy. This might be okay. Uh, we got connected. We started chatting. Mm-hmm. Uh, little by little, you started getting integrated into, um, you know, the ministry, particularly with our seminary uh, that we have based on Discord. Went through that a bit. Um, now, through this whole time, what was your any like generic observations about the church, about the community, as you started to get to know us more? Uh, was there anything that stood out to you? Um, it took a while to see any things that stood out to me. Um, but there's just your friendly community didn't seem to be like judging of people or anything um, like unduly um, like didn't seem to put off the vibes of 
like women being subjugated or anything like that. Um, so yeah, it's just, it seemed to be a more inviting place. Um, and when I started getting into the MMO stuff, the only reason, because you put out that little feeler for, Hey, um, we're trying this new thing and I was just going to join and play and say, okay, I'll just help him play. Hmm. <laughs> I'll check it out. Um, and, I, and now you're the pastor. Had, had zero agenda on that at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. None. <laughs> and I forgot to mention, not only, not only a pastor of um, our community in that MMO, but also an elder of your MMO church at large. So, mm-hmm. um, but, so let's dive into MMO church in a minute. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. A special thank you to our diamond sponsors from Digivangelism and churchblock.io. Digi helps progressive leaders of spiritual communities share hope, healing, and light online through digital ministry consulting, website building, and education. Churchblock.io is providing blockchain solutions for the church. Visit churchblock.io to learn more. All right, welcome back. We are with Pastor Coco from MMO Church, and we're excited to continue the story. We're going to get into MMO Church here in just a minute. But uh, Coldest and Alice, uh, perhaps you have a question at this point in the podcast for Pastor Coco. Any thoughts, any questions, any comments? Coldest, uh, what's going on in your brain, buddy? Um, I am actually um, well, trying to understand this uh, quite a bit because, you know, the, to me, the topic of women getting involved in ministry, it's still such an alien thing. <laughs> I know, I know it's a thing. But I don't even know why it's a thing, or when, or when, or how that got started. <laughs> so you're like, what? Why is it even an issue, right? And so, yeah, yeah that's interesting. Yeah, there's passages I think churches take from First Timothy um, about women being quiet, and so they can't be pastors. And so that, but that's interesting though that you have like, you're like, I can't even compute. This is alien to mm-hmm. me. Um, <laughs> do you find uh Coco through conversations? People are like, kind of have that same reaction from coldest. Like, what are you talking about? Or... Now, most of them say it's like, I'll get DMS from people um, saying that they don't believe that women are supposed to be. Uh, to this pastors. day, like even like right now. Not right now, but I have since coming uh, on. Yeah, since coming on, we had someone um, when when Pastor Alina was preaching come up and uh, started calling her Jezebel, like women shouldn't be preachers in Jezebel. Yeah. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know what I mean. So there is some uh, some attitudes about that. Um, Alice, any questions, comments, or thoughts at this point? Yeah, I I remember the Jezebel thing. Um, that was. They were saying other things as well that weren't appropriate. Wow. Nothing yeah. um, <laughs> quite um, uh, hateful other than Christian love, right? Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, a question I had was, can you give an example of a time that a woman in ministry has really impacted you that wouldn't have understood or impacted the same way as your average male <laughs> counterpart? Yeah, just growing up. Um there was Beth Moore. She was a local uh, in the Houston area speaker at, of all things, First Baptist Church. Um, and she she was a strong influence when I was younger. Still, she wasn't a pastor. Let's get that clear. She was not a pastor. She was a women teacher teaching women. I got you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
but she was very strong and influential. Um, and then like pastor's wife at that church where the pastor was like asking me to check out second life and things like that. And that, that, um, pastor's wife was strong. Um, and yeah, just slowly, but as far as like that, they would not, the men would not have, because here's the thing. I grew up subjugated and I learned not to trust men. Sorry, men. It's not personal. I'm getting, I'm still working on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you came from that but, type of environment. Yeah. I, so yeah. I'm not going to be able to, because my I, in the back of my head, what is your motive? What What are you after by even like approaching me? It's like, I'm not trusting Right. And so um, I'm a much better than I was, but it's still an issue. So there are things that I'm not going to be able to talk to a man about. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen that I can with women. Um, and like Pastor Alina has been also very strong. Yeah, Pastor Alina. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she sets a great example, too, for us. Um, yeah, uh, Coldest and Alice, thanks for those questions. I think it's... Uh, uh, it's important to dive into those uh, as it relates particularly to the origin of MMO Church, uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. which speaking of which, let's start getting into that. Um, so, you know, we have our churches in virtual reality and now we have our churches in MMO. Um, so let's do a quick basic definition. MMO is massively multiplayer online where hundreds or perhaps even thousands of players are inhabiting a particular world or experience. It can look different. There's different styles and flavors and ways to go about it. Um, Some of the most popular MMOs uh, would be things like World of Warcraft. If you've heard of that, that's one of the most popular MMOs. Uh, We'll talk about Final Fantasy XIV online. Uh, But what are some other MMOs out there that maybe you guys have played, Coldest Alice, Coco? Um, And then... Let's talk a little bit about what I consider to be an MMO because I know that there's various definitions. Like some of the characteristics for me about an MMO experience is one that's persistent. It continues to exist even when you close the game. So uh, in contrast, if you go play like Fortnite, you get in there and there's 100 players and someone might say, hey, that's massively multiplayer. But yes, for about 10 minutes. And then after that game is over, it goes away. Many games that are multiplayer based come and go, come and go, but these multi, these MMOs are persistent. They continue to exist. The sun rises and the sun sets. There's an economy, there's social systems, there's uh, cities, there's all these different elements that are characteristic of, of an MMO. And I think persistence is one of the key things. It continues to exist. Um, economy is another one, although not necessarily has to be that. Um, obviously, many players, hundreds, perhaps thousands of players on a single server. Uh, what do you guys think about um, what would be considered an MMO? And what are some MMOs you guys have played uh, besides, let's say, War- World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy XIV? Uh, yeah, I, um, I, I remember playing a lot of uh, World of Warcraft back in the day. I played on the first expansion pack, uh, The Burning Crusade. And I actually managed to rank like pretty high up in the in the PvP part of the game, and that was fine. But that was like, oh my goodness, that was like 15 years ago or even more. Oh my, <laughs> I'm getting old, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I also tried uh, Final Fantasy recently, and to be fair, I think it is uh, superior than, than World of Warcraft. 
mainly because I think of the community. The community is like so warm. Yeah, All of yeah. the people is like so nice. And um, and I know some people wouldn't call Rust an MMO. You know, I think it it kind of um, uh, dances over the line of what um of what an um, MMO can be. But um, yeah, I am also playing Rust, and uh, did you know I am actually teaching on Rust? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. When we do your, we're we're gonna do an episode <laughs> with Coldest because he's part of MMO Church, the Rust Church, Rusty Church. We'll talk about that uh, during his episode. But yeah, I kind of when I think of Rust, uh, that persistence really for me sells makes me feel like it's an MMO. The run, the sun rises, the sun sets, there can be an economy, mm-hmm. players exist and live in this world. And so for me, that's why it might not have the numbers of like, let's say thousands on a server, but it certainly feels like lived in, if that makes sense. But yeah, I played World of Warcraft back in the day. Um, I think I went all the way through Lynch King. I don't think I finished the Lynch King, but I have a uh, night elf priest somewhere. He's probably in a tavern chilling, hanging out, wondering where I'm at. Um, but yeah, those are some good, good memories. It's still a popular game, even to this day. Um, it's been in existence for a long time, but, um, Alice, I think you played a couple MMOs, right? Um, and I know that we could probably consider Rec Room and some of these VR MMO-esque. Um, I think, uh, what's the one in VR that we were playing recently? Zenith. Uh, Zenith. Or, yeah, Zenith. Yeah. 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 So, um. I mean, the most popular MMOs, I think, are quite intimidating. So I haven't played World of Warcraft. It's, it seems got too much of it. I got through the starting levels of Final Fantasy just because it was pretty, but <laughs> not into it too much. Um, it's it's a it's a lot going on and I'm quite confusing. So. Yeah, there is. There is. Um, yeah. the yeah. there. We're happy to have Sprout sessions and show yeah. you the ropes. <laughs> yeah, but um, I've played some tamer ones so probably starting when i was quite younger like um there's an mmo for how to train your dragon called like the school of dragons that you go around really i played that one yeah and you know gotta remember the old club penguin yeah club penguin yeah i know the purists would say maybe not but I, i i don't know i have a broader definition of mmos for sure uh no that's interesting um and then Pastor Coco, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Final Fantasy XIV Online. Let's just, just before we talk about the church, tell us about that experience, that MMO. Um, what's it like? Um, and then we'll get into uh, planning a church in that experience. Yeah, it's different to me than other MMOs. I've played multiple as well. I've played Neverwinter. I never played World of Warcraft, but Final Fantasy XIV tends to be seems to be a rival because they're like the top two. Um, and so there's millions of players in both of those and they jump ship for each other. Um, but the final fantasy to me is, is a pretty positive culture for the most part. You know, you do have some people in there that can be mean and so forth, but for the most part, it's relatively positive, at least as far as what I've encountered. And, um, that, it is in the, you know, in the Final Fantasy genre that you have all of the different Final Fantasy games up through 16s getting ready to be released in a year or two. Um, 14 is kind of an amalgamation of all of those games uh, into an MMO. 
there was Final Fantasy XI, which was also an MMO that's popular. This one is the like a different take on that um, one. Pretty positive. You can have all kinds of different characters, and um, like there's cat girls and boys. There's bunny boys and girls. There's um, uh, these lion looking uh, races and uh, elves and uh, their version of dwarves and like there's humans too, but humans are boring. Um, so we have want all the different things <laughs> than humans. Um, and yeah, it's just a good community and the people like for stories for like what goes on in the community. Um, I, I, uh, I have had situations where I have been talking to someone, something's going down in real life and then complete strangers are hanging out Cause I, cause like I was in the middle of a raid once and something was happening in IRL and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm getting, I, you can kick me if you want. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm dealing with this thing and, uh, they just hung out. And then even after we like left, they still hung out and just like sat there with yeah. me, um, yeah. in game while I was dealing with something IRL. And that is the type of community that is, it's, Cool. And I, I didn't know it. those people. Yeah, I didn't I know that. them. Such a positive community. And I think at this moment, I just kind of want to throw like, uh, I don't know what the word is, olive branch or uh, uh, to those who are maybe like still lost. <laughs> I don't know what an MMO is. I'm, this is confusing. And I know this isn't the best example, but it, you know, perhaps you've seen Lord of the Rings where um, these dwarves and hobbits and humans they go on an adventure they gather up and they go to defeat the dark lord and so if you kind of take that concept and you bring it into that's what really like final fantasy 14 and world of warcraft is like you pick a character like uh, pastor coco was saying whether it's an, an elf or a you know a lion you know human uh, dwarf or whatever and they all have their uh, different terms and then you pick a class am i going to be a warrior Am I going to be a tank? Uh, perhaps I'll be a healer. A tank is going to deal, be very uh, tough, take a lot of damage. Uh, let's say you're fighting a dragon, um, and then the healer is in the back. They call them squishy, which means that they don't they don't have the armor like a tank, but they're going to heal the tank so that the tank doesn't die. And so you come together. It's like a it is kind of like Lord of the Rings where you there's a, a fellowship of players and you connect with other players and you go on adventures, you go into dungeons, you do quests, you travel to different cities. Uh, there's an economy, there's armor to buy, there's uh, potions to buy. So it's this whole, it's an amazing experience. I personally feel, and I know this is a stretch, that everyone should experience one MMO in their life just to see what it's like, whether it's whatever it is. It could be Warcraft, Final Fantasy fourteen online, just play through it. I know players play for years, but maybe just to get that full appreciation for what um, an integrated community can be like, because I would argue that MMOs do the best at cultivating community because they have to, because the systems and the mechanisms of the game are centered around grouping up. And so if we're going to group up, we need these tools in game to make it easy for you to group up, whether it's a guild, whether it's a... Um, a fellowship, perhaps it's a, a, a link shell. Um, and what's the guild again um, for Final Fantasy XIV? Free, uh, free company um, and all that stuff. So yeah, I think there is something 
definitely to be learned. And I think if I had like, uh, well, we do have a seminary, but I think maybe one of the semesters, and this is a fantastic idea that I just came up with and we're totally going to do it. One of the semesters, you have to go from beginning to an end to an MMO. Like that's, um, so you can experience a virtual uh, community, strong social tools, and really find almost like best practices to how to have a community as well and to observe other communities um, around you. So um yeah, anyways, I'm, I'm actually going, going through and studying different MMOs right now. I'm playing Tower Fantasy, I'm playing Guild Wars 2, and um, I've checked out BDO before Black Desert Online, and I'm done with the MSQ on uh, Tower Fantasy, uh, but I'm, yeah, Guild Wars is, 2 is going to be a long list. Yeah. That one's been out even longer than Final Fantasy. Yeah, Guild Wars um, 2, that was great. Um, I yeah. started to get into it, didn't have time to like really you know, finish, uh, finish it up. But, um, really when we're thinking about church and we're thinking about planting churches in these virtual communities, I think MMOs are a fantastic case study. It's complex, uh, particularly the more advanced ones. There's probably some lighter ones. What are there, what would be, is there an entry level MMO? Does that even exist? Cause I, for us, we could, we could manage work world of Warcraft, final fantasy 14. And I think many could, but not all. Is there a light, uh, MMO light something to see? I don't, I can't think of one. That's why I'm asking if there's something comes to mind. Well, maybe. if you, okay. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, maybe Genshin Impact. Maybe, I don't know. So, yeah. So, like if you it. like, because that's what I, I was kind of about to say, because you can do co ops. So, if you wanted to do a game that offers co ops like Genshin Impact or, um, Brain went blank. Call of Duty, those are co-ops where you can schedule a time to go play something together. That's not an MMO. But you can schedule a time to play with other players in certain events. So you can do that with Genshin Impact, but then the next step from Genshin Impact would be Tower of Fantasy, which is basically Genshin Impact as an MMO. However, um, the Tower of Fantasy um, has not designed, this is my UX professional designer coming out, um, they have not designed their MMO effectively. So, yes, there is MMO, but um, it's hard to interact with the other players because of how they yeah, set it up. Oh, that's interesting. So you don't have yeah. your remote systems that you have in a lot of the other MMOs because a remote system is how you, like, you can wave and clap and yeah, cheer and stuff. and But you can't do that in Tower of Fantasy, at least not that I've found, and I've played through the whole thing. Um <laughs> <laughs> That's, so, yeah, that's interesting. That, that, that they haven't made it conducive, so it's not popular as an MMO. Gotcha. Makes sense. Um, um, there, I, th- I think uh, there is a steep learning curve to something like Final Fantasy, but once you kind of understand it, um, then it kind of levels off a bit and you just kind of go on a journey. And so let's say you're uh, – imagine being in the Lord of the Rings movie and um, you're watching it kind of played out and they visit a church. And that's kind of what's happening in – Final Fantasy fourteen online. You have this uh, world of fantasy. You have these cities that exist. You have the this persistent world where the uh, the sun rises and sets. And then, as you're walking around, you might discover that there is a church over there, and it actually has a location. Um, so, Pastor Coco, tell us about the church in Final Fantasy fourteen online. What is it? Where is it? It's actually a location to visit, by the way. Um, some of our other experiences are more event based. They kind of light up uh, when the the time comes on Sunday. Um, and there is some persistence there a little bit, 
But for our church in Final Fantasy and Rust, they exist and it can be visited anytime. So tell us a little, a little bit about that. We have a house and we've made a free company and the free company has a house in um, Shirogane, which is like their far eastern uh, living quarters, housing quarters. And um, we've got a house. So it's basically a house church <laughs> there in the um, community that you can actually go visit on the Siren server in the North America, either Siren server. Um, and yeah, we've got it. We've got it set up as a far Eastern house and you can go in there and you can find the um, hidden bookshelf door to go down into through the spare um, into the, uh, through the wardrobe and into Narnia downstairs to um, visit our church. Well, that's the current decoration. You can decorate the house however you want, but that's how we have it right now. Yeah. And it looks real. It's beautiful. I mean, it's, it's fun to walk around these uh, little cities where players have houses. You can go up to someone's house, maybe write a little note in their welcome book. If some players leave their house open, you can go tour it, check out what they're doing. And so, you know, people could actually just, you know, stumble on us, see our welcome book, see that, Hey, oh, there's a, there's a church here. And so, um, that exists. The community exists. We're adventuring together. And then, um, a couple times a month, we have these official, if you want to call it official church services and Final Fantasy 14. Every other, every other yeah, every, Saturday. Yeah, every other Saturday. So I'll come in, um, or whoever would want to would come in as their character. Um, they would teleport over to, uh, what's the name of the neighborhood? Shirogane. Again? Shirogane. And then uh, they'd go to our house, walk in, go down the stairs, and that's where the church gathering is. Uh, beautifully designed, very elaborate, ornate, um, uh, very unique, very uh, decorative. And then so we all go down there. We all grab a seat and kind of explain that live church service to us. Yeah, it's not set up like what you would expect a church service to be. Um, it is It's just a room with seats all at the same level. There's no stage that the pastor gets on and teaches and speaks at the audience for an hour or whatever. We all sit together in seating and look at each other and talk. So I'm not, I try not to be the only one talking. (laughs) I try to get other people to talk. Um, It's not, I try not to do sermons. It's more like discussions and we go through, right now we're going through Sermon on the Mount and we're digging in deep on the Sermon on the Mount. So I don't even know how long we've been on it now, but we're on chapter six. We just started chapter six last time. And there's still that chapter and chapter seven left to go. So we're going slow and just talking about it and digging in, clicking the hyperlinks. Yeah. And when you think of your MMO church, we have uh, churches in different experiences and they are very different, by the way. Altspace is different than VR chat. Uh, which will be different when we get into a rec room. Um, and then Rust is certainly kind of on a league of its own. And then you have Final Fantasy fourteen, and, and it's a really beautiful ambiance. Just to go there, if you have the music turned on just a little bit, just kind of gives it a calm setting. Uh, the visuals are very beautiful. Uh, the sense of uh, space in that environment just kind of feels like you're engaging in something special. And then of course, yeah, you're delivering the sermon, you're getting feedback, there's conversation, there's prayer, we take a picture. Um, and I love that that exists there. And really, I think like what the work that you're doing, Pastor Kokos, is a, a great example uh, for churches to really expand what uh, church planning in this virtual age could look like. Uh, because there's unlimited possibilities. And 
um, what you're doing there, I think, is um, just a great example for us. So um, any other thoughts you have about uh, Final Fantasy uh, 14 and um, the church there? Yeah, we try to do community. So it's not about just showing up on a, at a, every other Saturday. So we have our Discord community, but we also have play sessions every week. And then we also throughout the week, like even just last night, I'm working on this uh, and this other person in the community joined me. It's like they didn't have to, but it's just, hey, let's do this thing together. Um, and it's just like playing together doing live together, quote unquote, in game, um, playing together. And um, yeah, and you want to think about, you don't want to just lift and shift a service, uh, your physical church service into another experience. You want to, um, and that's what we do. We explore, we see how is this game working? What's going on? What's the culture like here in this game? And let's cater to that. Let's take advantage of the strengths and weaknesses of that uh, or mitigate the weaknesses. Like you're not going to be able to have a long sermon in a video game because it's too distracting. People are going to be playing. And so you want it to be engaging for them. So that yeah, that, you, that's, you not a, that's one value we really discovered was the, as, as weird as it sounds, the platform tells us what it wants to be as far as yeah. how we're going to set up the church. That's really important that we don't force uh, a physical construct into something that's very different. So uh, discovering that's been very empowering for us as we've uh, planted churches in MMOs and in virtual reality. I think it's powerful. And then I think uh, what we'd love to do, Pastor Coco, is post your video about innovation in the church, because I think that's one mm -hmm. of your passions. Uh, give us like a brief, like... Uh, description of what that that video is all about what that talks about that talks about some statistics that came up in um there are researches that are research reports that are put out every year from the american bible society i think it was them that did it uh state of the church and uh, their most recent one can be very disheartening if you haven't checked that out the statistics on bible engagement have plummeted absolutely plummeted in the last year alone and um, a lot of their research, they're talking, they, they'll, there's very, it's a very good long report. <laughs> so sit down, get some coffee, read it. But um, it, it, so I'm talking about that. And I'm talking about what they said that because there's so little Bible engagement in uh, America, this is talking about America. Um, the, um, Jeremiah J. Johnston was talking about this in his book, Unanswered, which I have on my bookshelf back there, uh, Unanswered, um, is saying that he is afraid that since there's so little Bible engagement in America right now, we are one, he is afraid that we're one generation away from a major heretical schism in the church because people don't know what the Bible actually says. Um, so, because they're not reading it. And that, so, my that that video talks about that. I mean, I could go on for half an hour. I get yeah, I did. We should I make it. We should make that yeah. its own podcast. A little bonus <laughs> yeah. a bonus podcast coming um, at the end of season one of Pastor Coco Innovation in the Church. Yeah, I think it's a certainly a passion of mine. And those studies are important because they shed light on perhaps uh, the way that we're doing things that have gotten just codified yeah. and maybe crusty mm -hmm. and. We're just so used to it. That sheds light on that and shows, oh my right. goodness, you guys got to, we have an issue here. We're, um, we're mistaking, we're confusing traditional traditional methods 
with the mission. Right. Exactly. So I think that's going to be good. So that's one bonus episode podcast we should do. You know, another bonus episode we should do, uh, besides Innovation in the Church with Coco, is anime, spiritual truths from anime. Uh, I think we're all anime lovers. I'd love to do that bonus episode in the future. But let's land the plane. This is time to end the podcast. Um, Coldest and Alice, do you have a final question for Pastor Coco? Yeah, yeah, I actually do. Uh, Coco, I... You know, I am absolutely in love with what you do in Final Fantasy. And like, I love how you can get into the into the building, and it's it's like super, you know, super low file, chill, stupid, and studio relaxed too, whatever. <laughs> and also, like, how you can get the the community to talk and to discuss about the themes. And so, uh, what I'm trying to get to, I guess, is like, what did you do? if you did anything on purpose to get to that, to that point. To where the community talks with each other. Well, I guess um, like if you use like any methods to, to get the people involved and, and to get to this, uh, to this super chill atmosphere. I think people just showed up. I didn't do anything. Um, Really? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. volunteers right. sharing people in the community sharing telling other people um, just spreading the word we haven't even done like any major adver- advertising or anything for it um, it's a small community we don't have a big community in there but that's nice uh, as well to have a small community it's not about numbers it's about quality and so like um, we've made an impact on people's lives already it's like people in the community. Um, I had to, somebody from the community came to me when their um, child was, had to be put in an institution because they tried to kill themselves. And so they were, I prayed with them and they said they didn't have anyone else to talk to. So they came to me. It's like, that is awesome that I was able to be there for them. Terrible that that thing happened, but awesome that they were, a had someone to come to. And um, it's like, that's part of that whole community. Um, Part of that's me. Part of that's just, I don't know. It's something about Final Fantasy itself. But part of it may be because of that story so deep in there that when you're playing the game and you're paying attention to the story, it's a deep story that connects humans as human nature and the issues that we go through as humans that brings about conversation, which brings about thoughts about how we help each other and so forth. And it's, it's, it's like a combination of like the game atmosphere that the creators have made. Plus me just being, I'm an introvert. I'm quiet. I'm not pushy. And that somehow has a way of getting people to talk. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Alice, you have a question for Pastor Coco. Sure. I think um, even though it's something different, people are always going to compare it to these physical spaces or physical communities where you can um, kind of share food. If someone's hungry, you can physically drop food around. How would you like, if someone was starving in the community, how would you help them in that way? Um, Just because whoever's listening might not know or how would you well um the same yeah same way we did it during covid um 
at, at the local church. It's like you sent DoorDash or you, um, it's like, we don't want to impose on people who don't want to give us their location or their real name or anything. But if we're able to, like, um, cause we want to respect people's privacy as well. Cause people are sometimes cautious online, but, um, which is good. Um, there's the, yeah, we can still do doors, DoorDash and, um, other things like feed them. If, if that hasn't happened, um, that hasn't come up, but yeah, we can still, technology is a wonderful thing that brings us all together. There's all kinds of ways to take advantage of that here. Yeah, uh, yeah, I love that. I had I was on a other podcast recently, and oftentimes they they start at it some questions from the negative, like what are some things that you can't do that the physical church can? And for what my response lately has been, that's this is not in my brain. I don't look at it through the eyes of limit or what we can't do. It's how can we do it and to get creative um, and to be to use our brains to come up with interesting solutions. And so. That question kind of like for me falls by the way, wayside uh, when I've heard that in other podcasts, uh, because I come in at it from an unlimited perspective and that we can do it all. It might look different. It might look um, um, alternative, but it's something that we can do and we can serve. So that's a good question, Alice, because that's uh, I think some people were yeah. maybe wondering about the, about the limits, but really we don't view it uh, from a point of limit. Um, yeah, it's not something we think about a lot because we're in the world of, yeah, we can do this. But I hear it a lot from people who don't really involve themselves in online communities as much. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Makes you got to like a- give it a try before you can even understand it. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, Pastor Coco, the white mage. Uh, by the way, what is a white mage before we go? A healer. A healer class. Nice. That's what I am too. I, I knew that, but I was just kind of doing the podcast host thing. Um, and so, yeah, <laughs> Pastor Coco, the white mage, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, everybody, thank you for listening to the future of the church is the metaverse podcast. And we'll be back next time. A special thanks to our diamond sponsors, Digivangelism and churchblock.io. Light, every day, late at night, not okay. All I want and I pray, all I need are some better days. Yeah, all I need are some better days Cause all I want and I pray I believe in the better days